Yo, what's good, people out here? This sure got worldwide, one half of the dynamic fucking show hangers on Anchor. And we giving you a treat, y'all. We about to launch these 30-minute quick strike shows. And you never know who's going to be the guest. It could be an NBA player, soccer player, NFL player, Major League Baseball player. I don't care. It could be a hockey player, rugby player, sneakerhead, fashion head. It could be a fucking porn star, a gynecologist, lawyer, doctor. It don't matter, man. You only get them for 30 minutes. And it's going to be like a quick fire question show, too. So, man, you better tune in and listen to these tidbits. And if you want to follow us, if you want to follow us, man, you go to Hangers Worldwide. I'm Shirt God Worldwide. And if you want to follow my amazing co-host, he's Dante. TC5 Wilder, and that's all on Instagram, baby. What's the name of the show? Let's say it's Hangers. And where, we, where you can get us at? On Anchor. Man, you better get at us. What's good? This is God Worldwide, man. I got a special guest right now. We about to really get into it on the next 30 minute quick strike. I'm gonna have him introduce himself to the people out here. So uh let's get it. Man, introduce yourself to the people. Man, this is Marcus. They call me boy, boy, boys, busy, all the above, man. It's good. Yo, what's good? Man, I've known you, man, almost, I wanna say almost a long time, man. We've been working in clothes together. We started, you know, grinding. I remember you when you used to work back. I don't think it was the LARP, but I know you used to work with uh Lenny. You know what I'm saying back in the day, man, and then we just cultivated an amazing friendship. And I always think of you as like a guru of clothing. How did you gain so much knowledge? Was it by trial and error, or you just had yourself truly close to the industry? Uh, I think a lot of it comes from uh, my environment. Okay. More so like growing up, like the D-Boys were the freshest guys in my neighborhood. And then with my with my father being actually one of those guys, you know, I had I had like the the front row seat to seeing what was all things fresh. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And then as I got I got older, you know, you start kicking it. So I started kicking it at like seven. Going true, true West, that. You know, we going to the River West, paying the bounce of fifty, and then paying fifty to get in. Right, 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 right. It was kind of like new days, new clothes, and that's what, you know, the freshness come from. Right, and okay, for us being in the Midwest, you know, a lot of people always assume that we don't have any type of fashion or any type of culture. But living here, I think being in the middle, you got a little bit from everybody. You got it from the East, you got it from the South. And like I tell people, like living in Chicago, it always felt like gumbo to me. It always felt like you could be, you could rock whatever from polo, to Nautica, to Jabos, to the Jordans. Do you? How do you feel about Chicago fashion? Do you feel like we have a staple here, or do you feel like we just uh, a mixture of everything here? I agree with what you said. I feel like we're a mixture of everything. Um, the only staple I would consider is our music, but that's a whole another story. Right. <clears throat> but we could do it all, and that's. I think that's what fashion to me personally is, you know, having a, a keen sense of versatility and being able to do things on the whim and on the fly and make it look natural. Right, like a, right, I right. Like a lot of people pe- looks on different coasts are, aren't as organic because okay, because they, they stuck into what they only know. And like, we'll try a little bit of everything and, you know, you can see us imposing our will 
with what we have on. You get what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. I, I just feel like that's the, just the Chicago, like, it doesn't matter what city you go to, somebody knows you from Chicago. Definitely. They like, dude, you from Chicago. Just before you open up your mouth. And I think, like, we infuse that into our food, our fashion, our music, our art, because I feel like, if you can make it in Chicago, you can make it anywhere. That's something like everybody always told. If you can make it there at all, you can make it anywhere. And as I get older, and as I get older into fashion, that reigns supreme with me. It's like, yo, I, I feel like Chicago has, maybe I can ask you this question. Do you feel like Chicago made you into who you are? You know what I'm saying? When you got that confidence of like, man, fuck it, I, I can rock whatever. You know, I, 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 I could go around whoever, I can move people and it just felt like you said organic do you feel like that's how chicago made us to be as me and fashion heads do you feel like that's how the city made bred us definitely definitely it, it, it even stems from like the organization from you know from from gangs and things of that nature like right even and even they were fly you see what i'm saying so it's a sense of discipline you know it's a sense right of vision you know right so it's, it's, it's it all it all falls under that umbrella, and the just the the toughness and the willing to stand alone and be who who you feel you are, and like man and and own it. You know that's 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 fresh in itself. Right, right, that's, right. That's where that that's where I feel like those are one of the laws of fashion. You know, being comfortable in who you are, what you in, and own it. And that's you know that's what make people pay attention. I, th I think that's true, man, because like you said, you know, you where you grew up and I'm from 63rd Street, you know, what I'm saying Inglewood area. And you mm -hmm. always seen when you went to the barber shop is where you got like your fashion tutorials because the D-Boys used to come in with the fresh Jabot suits, with the Havana Joes, with the Pellies on or they'd be rocking, you know, yeah. some iceberg. And you'd be like, man, what is that? So you was always getting a fashion lesson, or if you just went up on Madison or Halstead on Jeffrey, or you just went on or got on the Green Line and went downtown on State Street back in the day, you was yeah. always immersed with fashion people. You know what I'm saying? And I and I don't know about you, but that's what really got me excited about it. It was like, man, this is where I can go to the thrift store, find me an old Pierre Cardin blazer, you know, uh, put it on, go get me some shoes from um. Uh, Roosevelt or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know I, I, I could be fashionable. I I, I, I could do whatever, and, I, and and just because of that Chicago essence and, and energy I had, we could pull it off. So yeah. I feel like that was my early, like you said, it was my early introduction to what became my life, man. You know what I'm saying, and how I met you. So tell people like. What have you done? You know what I'm saying? Cause a lot of people, to me, I, I always say like you the secret. You know what I'm saying? You are very quiet. <laughs> you, you ain't you ain't never been noisy. You know what I'm saying? You never flaunted who you are. And I feel like, but you are you a dangerous cat. You know everybody that is somebody here in the city. If if, if everybody knows you, and how the hell did you pull that off? Because as they as we say or we profess. That Chicago is the city of hella haters. It never seemed like nobody hates on you. So how did you become you you you're very unique that you able to you intertwine with every subculture of life, but nobody ever says nothing ill will about. It's like boy boy that dude. 
that's all you hear. So how did you do that? Was that a learned ability or that just natural shit? Man, I think it was it was more so natural, but as I got older, um, I feel like it was it was it become it became a skill, um, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because, you know, I've always it, it's kind of cliche is, but I've always treated people how I want to be treated. First, of okay, all. true. Um, then number two, it was just always it was always looked looked upon as if you keep it player with people. Then all people will always see you as being is that just a play? You right, right, it's, right. It's it's never been it's never been a thing of I wanted to impose my will or be seen or be known as being greater than somebody. I just right. wanted to always 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 want to be seen as someone that did what he did very well. And I think okay. where, I think that's where the respect can, comes from. And right. People just saw the way I moved and I moved to my, to the beat of my own drum. Right, right, and then right. I always, I always would just give people, you know, they props and they respect, and they would just turn around and do the same. Right. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. And then playing basketball for so long, you know, I've always been that that team player and sacrifice. So right, I, I right, right, right. In, I carry that in day to day relationship, and I think that's why a lot of people, you know, feel that way the way they feel about me or may speak that way you know when it comes to speak when my name may come up in certain conversations okay so let's 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 touch on that since you did you know you was you was a very good basketball player you know did that did that is that when you started becoming like you said a sneaker hoarder like you say or that is that when you start really getting into sneakers because you know you see we come from a city where you know where mike built the, you know saying uh, Madhouse on Madison you know what I'm saying and basketball it reigns supreme we got so many great and phenomenal basketball players that did come out of the city is that when you really started getting into the sneaker game because you was around basketball so much or how did you start loving sneakers so much it was it was a little bit of both it was a, it was basketball one because the coldest people wore the freshest kicks exactly one. Then number two, big games, you always want to have on a new pair of fresh kicks. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like I yeah. could, I could, that's a whole that's a whole nother, you know, episode that I could talk about games and kicks that I wore in those in these specific. Oh games. man, damn, damn. Okay, okay. We only got 30 minutes yeah. on the quick strike, but you know, we can do a, a part two. We can do a part two. <laughs> But yeah, it just came from it came from you know my uncles and my you know my older cousins and my old man. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, but SC trainers, Air Maxes, you know, Air Max One, 95, 97, 90. You get what I'm saying? Right, so just, right. You know, you just you got fly daily. You know, people kicked it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So True you that. Catch, you would catch me in Roseland at Shoe Avenue or City Sports every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with the outfit that I had on the night before getting fresh from top to bottom. Oh, and that's, shit. And, and yeah. that's what it was. I mean, that's what a phrase where I mentioned earlier, like new days, new clothes, because that's what it's all about. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. But I think like the younger generation never seen that. Like we seen cats coming to like city sports or uh, fuck, uh, JBs and buy whole walls. Yeah. You know, you be they be like, hey, I need every pelly 
And it, it'll be 35 Pelly coats. They'd be like, I need Amy Pelly my size on the wall. Like, we came from an era where, you know, saying, like you said, you know, you had to get fresh for session. You know, saying yeah. on, on Friday, every dude was in there getting a haircut. It was mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, that dirtiness wasn't a part of us growing up. We seen dudes in the clique, in the Buddha lounge, and, and these night in these clubs fresh to death. And you was like, yo, you want to emulate the freshness. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You want to be like, if, if like, I want to emulate the freshness. Not, not so much the lifestyle, but I want to em- emulate the bravado they had. Because yeah. it was like, it was almost like that scene from Belly when they walk in with Nas DMX and the music is bumping <laughs> and they yeah. got the lights. It was like, yo, you was like, fuck, how do I get that? But do, as, as, do you feel like the city still has that essence now with fashion? You know, we grew up in a totally different era. Whereas, like you said, you know, you got fresh damn near every day. We used to iron our clothes to go to school. You know what I'm saying? That's how, like, you know, you used to get a haircut on Friday. By Tuesday, you was getting a line. It was like, nigga, I need, you was back in the barbershop. You was back in the chair. You was back, back in the chair, chair because you had to be fresh. But now, like, when I talk to people, and I don't know how you feel, I think fashion has became lazy. I'll be like, yo, it's super lazy now, or is that just the energy behind it? Is that the post people pushing out? I think I think it's the energy behind it. Um, but I do think people are still getting fresh. Um, okay. And but and mainly I think it's lazy because people are doing it for a post on, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right, they, right, right. they may have put this fit on to do this, but you will see them out and they, they not put together all the time. You see what I'm saying? Not not saying that they have to be, but right. you know, the people who ran under that code are getting fresh. I don't care if I was running to the store, I look put together. And right. I may be dressed down, but I look put together. Right. You know like that's just that's just how it is. I you'll catch me running around in the John Elliott sweatsuit. Somebody would be like, I'm put together, but I feel like I'm bumming. But they know what time it is. Right, 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 right. I mean, I, de- I mean, I definitely understand, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I just feel like it wasn't so uh, saturated. It's so saturated now. And I feel like we had the gatekeepers back in the day. You had to go through something to get to the next door. And I feel like I tell people all the time, I love social media, but it's it's a gift and a curse because now you could jump so many fucking hoops to get to what you want. And sometimes jumping hoops doesn't mean that you putting your best foot forward or you putting out the best product because it used to take time that you had to used to do it. It's almost like the music industry. You used to have to go to A&R, you know, the artist development, and then you had to get with these producers and therefore they, they came up with a sound. They built a look because they understood what it took. Now it's like, okay, nigga. Yo, what's good, people? This shirt guy worldwide. One half of the show hangers on Anchor. Let's get back into it. I got a million likes. My shit dope. But you never worked on the stage. You don't know how to work the stage. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to put the microphone. And to me, I feel like with clothes, it's like that. Whereas they don't understand functionality, they don't understand the textile, and it's okay to put the product out. But I always say, 
to me, shouldn't you be always thinking, how can I make the, this product more better? And sometimes I don't think they think like that. I think money, money reigns supreme. It's a business of making money. We both know that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like back in the day, the products were much better that came out. It was like, yo, this is a, this is a, this is a good crew net. These are good. This is good mm-hmm. dinner. You know, I feel like it's something missing, man, to me. It just really is. And how do you feel about that? I, I agree with you. I think the biggest the biggest issue is people who are create people who have ideas are being considered designers. And that's that's where Oh that's where, shit. That's where the that's deep, role deep. is. Say that again. You said people who have ideas are considered designers. designers. And Damn, I was, that's- <laughs> <laughs> I was not gonna get to naming no names, but yo, that's, what it, name that's, what, it, that's what it is. That's what it is. You see what I'm saying? Fuck, that's, man. that's why. That's why you have a lot of people that don't understand the textiles and things of that nature that you just mentioned, right? Because they're 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 part of the microwave. Okay, true. They, they, true they're that. not they're not looking for longevity. Now you do have you do have younger and more youthful brands that do understand it and you see them withstanding the test of time and put adding legs to their movement. Exactly. Which, which is which is very dope. And you seeing some you seeing some Chicago kids being able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Low key. Um, right. But again, it's just everybody because they may have printed on a t-shirt, it's a clothing line, you know, really it's just an idea on, on gilding and it's no disc. But until until you create a vision that's past this t-shirt and past these colors or creating the, the redundant cycle that we've seen before on the monkey right. do monkey do side right 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 they, re- they really just in the way you know what i'm saying but it's just it's, it's imperative that we give our energy to 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 brands that really have the legs and that we really see and, that's in it for the, the long haul that's really dope and that's you know the man? thing about me like with you when people talk to me and ask me questions about brands i support things that i know that I see the story behind it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that. it's like when I own my print shop, like hundreds of countless young cats used to come and sit and t- talk to me and tell me how amazing this brand was gonna be and this shit was gonna blow up. But I would start asking them simple questions that they didn't know. And I said, yo, until you can answer those questions, you, you, you gonna be running in the mud. And mm-hmm. they used to get a little frustrated with me. And they're like, man, you don't know what you are talking about. I'm like, but you came to me, I ain't come to you. So it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, and that's how I felt. It was like, yo, okay, I understand we all have these dreams, like you said. You know, it's ideas that want to be clothing designers. But I used to tell people, okay, where you go after that one T? When that one T is over, do you got 160 of them motherfuckers? Because mm-hmm. that's how you gotta. That's how you stay. The Donna Karens, the Polos, the uh, Valenciagas, the uh, those high end brands, because they put a, to, around them a team that they gonna be hot for a whole bunch of fucking collections. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And one thing I I love about what Virgil did, Virgil put a team around him that he's gonna be hot for summers to come, because he understood like, yo, I'm not making one hot tea no more. I got to tell a complete fucking story. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, let me put together this team that's going to help me tell my story to completion. And I, like you said, it's just some people that's just riding fucking waves. It's like, man, let me ride this way. Okay, but what happens when the tide comes in? 
can you push the fucking surfboard back out there and catch another one? And yeah. I feel like, you know, the good always separates the bad. But you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, okay, uh, let's talk about, okay, the I know you did the I Am Sneaky stores in St. Louis that really was phenomenal. You know, okay. because... Man, I appreciate that. Man, you know, I, you know, that's that was... When did you do that? Was that early 2000s? Because I, that's when... You know, the lark and all that stuff was closing down. And I, I talked to Lenny. He wanted me to go to New York with him and shit. And I think, like, after that, you was telling me you was about to do something. But when you did those stores, that's when, like, premium denim was really at the height. And I feel like your stores were able to get some denim brands that a lot of even Chicago stores couldn't get. And how the fuck did you pull that off? Was that because you were just building those relationships with those people? Because those stores that you did in St. Louis was, was really dope, man. They were really fucking dope at the time in which you did it. And also the question I want to ask you, what they hard to do? Because, you know, St. Louis, is it really known? I know Detroit's known for clothes, but mm-hmm. you don't really hear shit about St. Louis. So what made you choose St. Louis uh, also? Okay, well, the, the timing was like 06, 06. Late 06, 06 uh, early 07. Right. Um, the the relationships were the main reason we were able to get the brands. Relationships and location. Um, okay. And then, and then the previous success of like the Lark and um, things like that being down there. And having a team of guys that came over from the Lark to help, you know, bridge that gap coming into the new, the new regime, which was I Am Sneaky. Right. Um, and then just as far as the stores themselves, I think they were ahead of their time for St. Louis um, mm-hmm. because St. Louis is like between Chicago and Atlanta. So it's like they really don't have an identity. So it's like right. whatever for them at that time, at that time period, whatever was hot, that's what they kind of rolled with. Right. But you also had, you know, the I call them street all-stars. You know, you have the <laughs> boys down there. Right, right, right. People paid attention to them. You get right. what I'm saying? Right. Like you had Nelly and Chingy and them down there, but they were kind of, you know, they weren't they, they weren't really the people that you can you can get you can put a hand on. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. You know, you had the guys that was from St. Louis that was driving Rari's and stuff like that. And, you know, we were carrying the nudie, the PRPS, the scotch and soda, you know what I'm saying? The diesel at the time. So they didn't have to go into, you know, Frontenac or they didn't have to go to the Galleria to go get that. They actually can, can shop with people that had the same skin color as themselves right. and they treated them better. You get what I'm saying? They exactly. Them exactly. Where they, felt, they felt comfortable spending their money and then returning to do so. Right. So, you know, that was that was a large part of the, the success. But then that was on the back end of what I mentioned prior to getting into that. That was also, you know, the, the uphill climb is getting people to, you know, to take a chance on these newer brands that they may not have heard about yet and trust us because we were, you know, we saw we considered ourselves, you know, the godfathers of the fashion shit for St. Right. You see right. What I'm saying? Like, right. Right. Fresh, listen to us, pay attention to us. Exactly, exactly. And that's something what I don't like about online Amazon and the way everybody is going directly to the web. I love going into the stores and building that camaraderie with the store. And I feel like that's the element that needs to still 
be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To see the, like you, uh, you know, see what, you, you, you can sell me about the denim. You can sell me about the t-shirt. You can sell the story. Like when you shopping online, you don't get an experience, man. It's really like so impersonal. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was almost like, I felt like your, like going to the barber, he was your priest, he was your doctor, he was your counselor. <laughs> going to your favorite clothing store. You could talk about the girl that's getting on your fucking nerves. You could talk about your job. And he'd be like, man, I got something for you. Just yeah. for you, this kid just came in. Check this sneaker. I ain't even gave this shit to nobody. But I know this shit'll cheer you up. He knew exactly, oh, he'll call you. He knew exactly what you needed for that day and it was always that good energy and I feel like because now with the emergence of social media being so popular it just seems like everything is just so impersonal now it's like where is the the, 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 you know, just, just building the dope energy now. It just yeah. seems like I, like my last show, I talked about shit. Just feel like we all on islands now, man. You over there, I'm over here. I'm doing over here, but we don't never connect. And I feel yeah. like, do you, do you feel like the industry would ever get back to that? Or we just, that shit is dead. That shit is over with. I think, it, I think it is. I think it is coming back to that. Um, Cause you have a lot of people that are starting brands that are having a lot of success. They're opening their own doors. Exactly, and they're not—they're not putting their brands into stores um, other than their own. Own, so they're—they're they're doing their web sales, and then you have to physically come into their store, and then they're doing pop-up shops, which is like a meet and greet or a walkthrough for an artist going to a club. Right. And so you actually get to meet that person and talk to that person, and you know, learn a bit more about their story, and that's why those individuals are uh, are winning right now. And and the person that comes to mind. Uh, that does that very well is Joe, uh, Joe Fresh Goods from Chicago. Exactly. Uh, you know, he could meet you once and, and remember you or know your name. And then he takes the time out, you know, to really say thank you and, you know, talk to you. And now you feel like you're a part of the brand. So Exactly, exactly. You, not only because you like him, but you like his product, that gives you more incentive to continue to support it, especially when they're doing dope work. And, and that's... And that's one thing about, not to cut you off, that's one thing about, I loved about Joe. He immersed himself really into the culture back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like when before Joe, he was doing Dope Boy Magic. He was doing a lot of things that, like you said, like the street all-stars, you seen the the the, the, the elements of the street that he was mm-hmm. telling the Chicago, the true essence of the Chicago story that so many like, um, um, movie people try to sensationalize, but they never really talk about the true essence. And I feel like Joe, he he tapped into that. Where yeah. you can see bits and pieces of what he was talking, like we said before, and he was telling an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. He does does it very well. Does it very well. And and that's what that's what the generation behind behind him needs to needs to do. They need they need to understand and be filled in with the story of you know what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it and it may lay lay down the blueprint for them. So then now you know the generation behind is in good hands and fashion may take that turn back to like we said at the beginning of the podcast. Like it may come back to the essence of it. People understand the cut and sew part. And right. not just being lazy with just throwing anything on the table. And I feel like I feel like because um I don't, that's some shit, boy, boy, man, that fucks with me. Like, I, I, as much as I, I love what a lot of cats is doing, I just feel like they're not putting the energy. I'm like, man, push this shit, man. Yeah. 
Like your jacket shouldn't look the same as it did when you first dropped this shit. Like the mm-hmm. seam should not be fucked up. You shouldn't be using the same zippers. You know what I'm saying? You should have figured out a way to hide the stitches if you're doing patches. And then like 10 years later, when I pick up your product and it looks the same, it tells me like what the fuck you really in here for? Because yeah. it's like, if you're making money off this shit and I, you know I know clothes. So at the end of the day, if you handed me something, I'm looking at it. I'm expecting it. I'm I'm, I'm smelling the leather. I'm looking at the chenille that you're utilizing. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the chain stitching. What type of, is these reinforced zippers that you're putting in? I'm looking at what type of lining, even down to the fucking hang tags or the labeling you put in. And that's something that, because at the end of the day, you're saying that, hey, I love what I'm doing. So therefore, your product should show me. Like I say, when you get into a Bentley, you know you're driving luxury. You see yeah. the work and the craftsmanship they put into it. So at the end of the day, you could do the same shit in a t-shirt. You could do the same thing. It's, it could be the cotton that you're utilizing. It could be the uh, the print technique that you're doing. It could be the silhouette of the motherfucking shirt. It could just be like, I want like you said with you, you want it to be to your own drum. So you went out there and you sought out shit that when you put on, you was a totally different motherfucker when you went into the spot. They were like, that young nigga there, he, he, he on a whole nother wave. So it's like, in clothing now, everybody's saying they catching waves, but everybody's riding the same fucking wave. It's just like, everybody's doing the same shit. And it's hard to see that one person, other than Joe Fresda that does it very well, that's now trying to stand alone. Because it's like everybody now is like in a pack. And they, they and you know, they're telling the same stories, man. And that lets me know two things. They're not getting educated, and these motherfuckers really ain't traveling. They ain't getting out of their neighborhoods. Yeah. They ain't really going to places to to look at like fashion shows or talk to people that's can mentor them. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the elements that I see. It's like these, these motherfuckers ain't getting out, man. Well, and then also <clears throat> There's there's kind of like a, a wild card to it as well. Okay, is, is is the platform like Joe has built the platform? Because there, even with like within within his, you know his his circle of you know the guys at Fat Tiger, and I feel like they do they do a great job overall. Facts, facts, um, facts. So big lawyers. Well, yeah, as far as workshops and things like that, educating you know the up and comers that want you know that may want to enter the business. Um, but it's just the platform their platform may be a little bit smaller where people are not paying attention and it just takes it takes that one hit you know you get what i'm saying for the right to take right. off and then also um to go back to, like to take a few steps back it's kind of like anything else that you do like you have to hone your skill and perfect your craft so exactly whether whether it's cooking whether it's sports whether it's you know if you're a carpenter, electrician, a plumber, like you're gonna edu- further educate yourself because this is this is what you consider to be your skill. And the same exactly. thing should be the same same thing should be that with fashion. Um, when you want to take it to the next level, even from the jargon that you use, you get what I'm saying. You could tell that you educated yourself. And right. I feel like they just have to take a little. You know, some people just need to take a little more time to do that. And, then, and, when, and when they do, when they do, they'll see those results. Now, it's not it's not glamorous doing it, and it's a slow grind. Facts, facts, facts. But you know, if you, you know if you if you sew a suit 
few seeds, man, you'll reap you'll reap from your heart. And that's that's the thing, that's the thing that also needs to be, you know, highlighted as well. Like it's gonna take a little time, but it will happen. You get what I'm saying? It's just yeah, how, patient, how patient you're willing to be. Facts, facts. And that's why I call you the guru, man, because it's like people don't understand the story. It's been people, it's been many days I want to quit clothes. I was like, I'm done with this shit. I ain't doing this shit no more. <laughs> Fuck it. I used to call this nigga up. And he used to be like, he used to be like Neo from the Matrix. He'd be like, Raymond, no, if you sow this shit and you go out here and put honey milk water on it, it's gonna walk like nigga, what? what the honey milk water? What the fuck? But he kept me in the game. He kept me focused. And that's why I can say Boy Boy is one of the truest niggas in the fucking city. Man, he always been one hell of a dude. He, every time, anything I ever needed from this nigga, he always was like, I got you. And one thing in Chicago, it's hard to find men and they word. When they say they're going to do it, this is one stand-up dude. That's why I had to put him on this motherfucking podcast. And it's 30, we already did 30 minutes. I know we could talk about <laughs> But we be giving you too much fucking knowledge. So, you know, I may get them on the next show. I may, you know, uh, press them for a little more time so we can definitely drop. But these are only 30-minute quick strikes. So we going to sign the fuck off. I'm sure God worldwide. Man, I'm Boy Beasy, man. Appreciate y'all. Man, man. And that was the 30-minute quick strike. You know where to get us at. You know where to find us at on Hangers. Yo, what's good, people? This Sure God Worldwide, one half of the dynamic fucking show. Hangers on Ink, and I want to thank everybody that just tuned in to our second episode, our second pod, rather, of our 30-minute quick strikes. And like we said, you never know who the fuck we going to have on. But I want to give mad love to my boy, 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 Bree Breezy, for being on. Like you said, yo, you heard him. New day, new clothes, man. And like I said, if you want to follow us on IG, get at us, man, at Hangers Worldwide. And if you want to follow my dynamic dynamic co-host get out of Dante CC5 Wilder and if you want to follow your boy you did you know where to get at me at Sure Guy Worldwide and like I said man you only can get hangers on Anchor